1: Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for today, Lord, that we thank you that we get to come to your house, that we get to be a part of your bride church. God, we thank you, Lord. We, we honor you today. We thank you for the word in this season. Let it resonate. God, I thank you for the, the calling and the mantle you've given Pastor Jurgen to be bold and audacious and even go after vision builders. God, we thank you, Lord, that we are taking territory. I thank you for... The city of coronado the crown of san diego we take back the crown from the enemy in the name of jesus we put your stake in the ground to make your name famous and god as we break that stronghold you give us the entire region you give us the region so let that seed fall for the generations and generations and generations to come that God, we can raise our kids, and our kids can raise their kids in your house that will give you glory and magnify your name. We thank you today, Lord. Teach us, show us, give us ears to hear in our heart to be healed and eyes nice to see how big you've called us to step up and into. We thank you for that today. And everybody who believes said, amen. amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Oh, oh. Already the devil's mad. Love when he starts mic checking me. Oh, yeah, I dare you. Jesus, help me. First of all, I want to give up Kevin Deddy. Poor guy. Comes out, coming back late at night, knows he's going to be a leader in church, and blows the tire on the freeway with no tools. One, he got his man card taken away, but now he knows. But then he had to sit there for three hours. How many know that's not a good thing to sit on the side of a road with a wife for three hours? You think anything is going to good come of it? Speaking, oh, where is she? Let's all pray for Kevin. Carly didn't make it. That's why we do marriage getaway. You haven't signed up for that? That way it'll take the pressure off when you're sitting on the side of the road. Not knowing what to do with the blown tire on an RV. And he walked in smiling today. That's massive props. (laughs) Massive props. I mean, I would have been hitchhiking. My wife, I would have never heard the end of that. I would have been, let's say, I'm walking to church from Yuma. (laughs) What else I need to say today that's important? I feel like some of you need to hear it. Yeah, amen. Okay. I'm doing a part two. This message, I pretty much do a couple things. When I'm going through something and allowing God to process things, I'm always taking notes because I'm going to preach what I live, not what I think is a good little sermonette. And so what happens is it helps you work this stuff out. And then I start hearing themes and seeing things show up in our, in our campuses, in our church, in our life. With my patience, you know, I just, I get to hear these themes. So in those things, when the notes all start to converge into something powerful, I know I got to preach on it. Am I getting echoey up here? I feel like an echo, but I'm good. I just don't want to be in my head with an echo. I already got the devil in there. Got to smash him out all the time. All right. So what? basically, how many are still reading your Bible in a year? You guys following me? Good, good. You're tracking. I'm telling you, you should be nervous all the time. The Old Testament's a blueprint for what God's working out in the New Testament. So if you ever want to know what's going on in the world, just go to the Old Testament and look at that blueprint. So pretty much what happened was I was reading on Gideon, and I'm thinking to myself, here's this kid that was insecure, didn't want to do anything, and then God turns him into a warrior, starts whooping everybody. How many know if God could use Gideon? He's got plans for you. I didn't do it for me. I just, when I saw the donkey part, when God could use a donkey, I'm like, all right, there I am. I can, okay, now I'm good. I'd rather you all just go identify with the Gideon approach, but some of you, the donkey, that's okay too. Look what he did with me. But this uh, title of my message, it's Harvest Season. And so this is tip for the harvest part two. Hey, Keith Lees, what's up? How's Florida? God, just bring him back from Florida. Lord, they don't know what they're... No, I'm just joking. I know you're out there serving at a church. We just miss you guys. That's the key, please. They've been here. They're OGs from this church. Get called the Florida. I think he just had a flat, and he didn't know how to change it either. I know. It's one of those moods today. Too far? Too far? Am I in trouble? He'll forgive me. He'll forgive me. So I'm going to read out of John 15, 1 through 8. You guys with me? Yep. So we got this conversion thing happening. We got John, uh, a powerful verse where Jesus is talking to his disciples and trying to teach them something, trying to, hey, would you guys pick up what I'm putting down? And this is the passage Jesus teaches about the importance of abiding in him in order to experience pretty much spiritual growth and fruitfulness. How many want spiritual growth and fruitfulness in your life? I haven't got all of you there yet, okay? Well, he uses this analogy of the vine and the branches to illustrate this truth. And I think it's really important. Jesus equals true wine. God is the vine dresser, we're the branches. And my revelation, when I was reading this verse, I was doing the Bible in the year, I was reading this verse, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I think it's because during the Easter services, I had met so many amazing people. I love hanging out in the lobby and it's just chaos everywhere. And, new people everywhere. It's amazing how many Catholic people, sweet people I met, come to our church. But it's not like I was asking them, but they were all telling me, it was like, oh yeah, it's our first time here, I'm Catholic. I'm like, okay, cool, welcome. Like, Next one I meet, I'm Catholic. And next one I meet, I'm recovering Catholic. I'm like, oh, I married one. And it was like, I thought that'd be funnier in my head, but tough crowd, nine is tough. Note to self, nine is tough nine is tough. Lots of Catholics. Uh, But I realized that by the third time I was having this conversation, I said, hey, all are welcome. My question is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? It's amazing How many of these conversations I started having where they know of a Jesus, they attend every Sunday, but they don't know Jesus. So I was like, oh, so when I read this, it really popped out because the Holy Spirit said, see, some branches are in a vine, but not connected. You could be in a church and not connected to Jesus. You could be in a connect group. You could be in DNA. You could be doing all the in things, but not connected to Jesus, not connected to the vine. That's why it's so important that we have this conversation. What is it? Because your fruit matters, your spiritual maturity. We're living in a crazy world. How many know that? I I literally had to delete some apps because I'm like, all right, my threshold of craziness is too far. I had to watch three episodes of Reacher. just to get my mojo back. I'm like, okay, I need something. Can't watch all these crazy people talking about crazy things. Need some Reacher. What's the new one? Night agent. Quit sending me these things. You're trying to get me addicted, Pastor Alex. (laughs) Two in the morning, you guys check this out. I'm like, I'm sleeping. (laughs) So let me read this. This is John 15. I'm gonna read it. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit takes away. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. It's a little harsh for me, but that's what the Bible says. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. That tweaks a lot of Christians out. Don't let that take you out the rest of the sermon. We'll get back to that. We'll fix some of that. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit... So you will be my disciple. Here's what's amazing. That's chapter 15. Chapter 14 in the book of John, Jesus was teaching his disciples about his status. He pretty much says, he is the way, the truth, the life. He's breaking it down for his disciples. Hey, this is is what's up I'm the way, the truth, and the life. This is pretty much evidence of being attached to the vine. And he's saying, if you have fruit, you're attached to me. The way, the truth, and the life. And then in chapter 15, he's teaching on the vine and the branch, and then he repeats his command for believers to love one another. How many know if Jesus has to repeat himself, you should take a note? Must be, okay, it must be difficult. We got to love one another. So if you all need to do a group hug in the lobby, I know some of you, between the 9 and the 11, you get saved. And then when you leave the parking lot, because it's so crazy trying to get in and out and find parking, you lose your salvation for a moment. But still come back on Wednesday when we do a worship night, we'll reset it. Don't let the parking lot take you out. We purposely set it up very strategic to see the level of frustration in your life. We're working this thing out together, and let's be reminded to love one another. I mean, I love our parking team, but I can tell they're on edge. It was like, I came early today, so I was like, "Eh, eh," just a honk, and he goes, It was so funny. It started one way and then waved when he noticed it was me. It was cool. I was like, I'll pray for him later. They're parking. It's a nightmare out there. But pray for our parking team at all times. No use of sign language if you're on the parking team. I think if you're like recently saved, don't join the parking team. Let's go somewhere safer. Where? Cafe. No. That cafe? No way. If I was listening to all that complaining on I made your latte wrong, even the pastor would lose his salvation. You know what? We got to write that list. Put down in the book of miracles parking team and cafe team. Safe place. Security might be good. I want non saved gangsters on security. Then Jesus goes on and warns us about the unbelieving world will hate Christians. Listen, there's an antichrist spirit in the world. If you are a Christian, just skipping through, pretending there's not an antichrist spirit in the world that hates you, you're in denial. If you don't have some haterade in your life, then you're not really putting it out there. Maybe people don't even know you're saved. I mean. You, or Peter denied him three times. So how do we make it? What I love about chapter 16, the chapter after, focuses on persever- perseverance, 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 in the face of trials. So I love it. 14's breaking it down. He's showing them, hey, this is who I be. Now he's trying to get him connected. Yeah. Saying, hey, the world's gonna hate you, but if you're connected, don't worry about it. I got you. You're gonna be fruitful, you're going I'm gonna show you how to have authority, take dominion in this world. I'm gonna show you how to be prosperous. I'm gonna show you how to do all these things in my name to glorify my Father. That's a great thing. And then in 16, he's like, all right, and this is what you're gonna to have to do when you face trials. How many wanna learn some strategies? Yeah. All right, let's break it down for the 22 hands I saw. <laughs> Point number one, you ready? Prepare the soil. Yeah. Abiding in Christ is essential for spiritual growth. Jesus begins by saying, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He is the source of our spiritual life. And apart from him, we could do nothing. He goes on to say that every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So that it may be more fruity. (laughs) The pruning can be painful, but it's necessary for growth. Jesus tells us we're already clean because the word has spoken to us. When we receive his word... And believe in Him, we are made clean and able to bear fruit. How I many you know we got to receive it, yep. and then we got to believe it. Amen. Some people get stuck; they don't want to receive it. So I need us all to be good receivers. Change the, you know, change the the channel. Be a better receiver. Yep. Right. Get tuned into the frequency so you can receive. Second part is then you got to start believing some stuff. Yep. I know. People come here from other churches. I did. I was raised in church. I came here. I did. I could receive it. It was hard for me to believe it, though. God wants me to prosper. God wants me to be fruitful. God wants me to multiply. God wants me to take dominion. You mean I could own a home in San Diego? God wants me to do these things. Some of us got to help our unbelief. God, help help me believe. So I don't know if you need to receive today or you need to believe today, but it says these are the two things that you are made clean and able to bear fruit. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In other words, stay connected to Christ in order to experience spiritual growth. Crickets. All right. It means stay close to him to spend time in prayer. Read his word. Obey his commands. Trust in him. Seek him. Above our own. For years, my verse was Matthew 6, 33. Seek first. If I was on the worship team, I'd probably get it tatted right there in Hebrew, but it's just, I'm not. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Come on. And all these things should be added unto you. When we abide in Christ, we're filled with his love, his peace, his joy, his strength, his wisdom. We're able to overcome sin, to love others. I mean, those two things alone. Yes. Big wins. And to make a difference in the world. Your environment matters. So important to know that your environment, you gotta prepare the soil. Prepare the soil. It's amazing because I went up to Lake Elsinore like two weeks ago. Nicknamed Lake smell some more. Big warning sign. I mean, the RV park was amazing. We just went for a night to reconnect, everything. I'm thinking to myself, it's like warning, flesh-eating bacteria, this is toxic, don't go on it. Next thing I know, someone launches their boat. Next thing you know, they're wake surfing. I'm like, bro, did you read the sign? I'm thinking to myself, that is someone that just ignored all toxicity warnings and yet still went. And the Holy Spirit's like, well, it's just like some people in church don't leave some of their old life behind. I was like, okay, it's true. Why are we allowing ourselves to tolerate toxicity in our life? How can you prepare the soil, but have people that are toxic, and then thinking, where's my fruit? Where's my vines? Where's all my stuff? It's not growing. And we'll blame everything else, but just realize there are some things that we got to get away from in order to be in the right soil. You know, I'll never forget my, uh, my dad, he, uh, I mean, I love my dad, good Christian guy, and he lost more money, he's made more money, he's done all this kind of things, but there was this one lesson that I never let leave my, my peripheral. I remember I came back from grad school, he bought 700 acres, he was the land developer, and I'm like, oh, man, what are we going to do with this? He goes, well, we're going to make it a vineyard. In three years, we're going to get our first crop. We're going to sell off all these properties. People are going to live amongst all the vines. I and mean, he painted this great picture. And this is what he was told. And so he invested everything our family had. He went all in, invested everything. Long story short, year three came, and uh, we had zero money left. And so the winemaker came, tested everything. We were broke and had nothing. He goes, well, don't worry. Our harvest is going to make 250000 So we have enough fruit to make $250,000. And then the winemaker was explaining to my dad, this is probably great. And then you can invest in that, live on that. And then next year, probably be good. But my dad's like, well, I've been doing a lot of studying on viticulture now. And it says, actually, I can have a 10, 20, 30, 40% yield if I cut these grapes off and let them fall into the ground. And what was amazing, I was sitting there listening, my mom panicking a little bit, my dad just listening to all the facts, and he goes, yeah, you're right. The guy went on to break down that he goes, if you look at this professionally, you have noticed that the trunk of the plant looks like a small tree with bark. Grapes will only grow from young one-year canes, and then failing to prune the vine will result in a lower yield and lower quality fruit. And the guy said, if you just want to be average because you need the money, then take it this year. If you don't want to be average and you want to be a premier wine, cut it off. But I can't help you in your personal life. So my dad told me that he wasn't able to pay for college that year. He made a decision. He prayed on it that night, woke up, and he says, we're cutting all the grapes off. I was there that weekend as my dad walked through with our helpers and my brother and myself, and we pruned all those grapes. Our first crop ever, $250,000, fell to the ground. I had to figure out how to get through that, uh, you know, Third year in college, my brother had to figure out how to pay for his first year at USD. We had nothing left tapped, but my dad stayed the course knowing that not only is this prune gonna produce a higher yield, a better quality fruit, it's gonna make sure when you have the right pruning, you get rid of disease, you get rid of the grapes that will take out all of the grapes. One of the hardest decisions of his life as a young developer trying to work this out with a family to take care of. But he said, I got to trust God. He leaned in and laid in on a verse and says, if this is a principle of the Bible, then I'm going to apply this principle to my life. I got to give major props because now that I'm at that age and I have three kids and a wife, could I do it? Could I make that same call? And here's the truth. I would say I thought my dad was crazy at the time, but I have much more respect for him now because I don't know if I would have made that same call, to be totally transparent. I've made lesser calls at this age of my life where that was the biggest call. And I just said, you know what? My dad's trust in the Lord. I got to look at my trust. Fast forward, not only did that that crop, that yield the next year, was worth $2.5 million and signed us a 10-year contract with Nebom Coppola that we'd never have to worry about anyone buying our grapes again. Paid a two and a half times record price over every ton of grapes for the next 10 years. Faithfulness paid off. My question is, have you ever rated your fruit? Do you got no fruit? Fruit, more fruit, or much fruit? Where are you at? And I don't mean just money. I'm talking relationships, finance, debt. How's your evangelism? You might know Jesus, but how are we working on explaining the Jesus thing? Are we reproducing more of you? I always look at somebody and I'm like, man, do I want a hundred more of them? It's an interesting concept. How's your fruit? Point number two, prune the vines. Abiding in Christ is essential for fruitfulness. First one was about spiritual maturity. This one's about fruitfulness. Jesus goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am you, he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We can bear fruit on our own, but only through our connection to Christ. He warns us that if we don't and are not abiding in him, we'll be like a branch that's thrown away and withers. We are powerless to bear fruit. What are we doing? Are we allowing people to prune our lives? Are you prunable, disciple coachable? It's amazing that to me, it comes down to, can I trust God? Can I trust the process? It's not easy. I remember in 2011 and 12, man, I, I lost a friendship. I lost some finances. I made some decisions. And then I walked out this thing where I became president of my association over the whole state. I didn't understand it as I was being pruned to step into something where I could be a great leader. And then when that turned into nothing afterwards, I was, what was God doing? And then I got asked to be on our board at our church. And then I go, oh, all that skill set that someone else paid for was up getting me ready for this. I never saw it at the time, but God knew what he was doing. I was sitting there complaining to God, God, why did I do this whole thing, laid down my life for two years, got attacked by everybody in the profession, but it's amazing how much I learned on someone else's dime that I was able to apply to help Pastor Jurgen in this church while I was on the board. It was amazing. Nothing went wasted. Matter of fact, I was building God's house with the information I had learned. It was amazing in 2016... We, my wife and I were ordained. We took over Bressy, And then three months later, boom, lost the business, $180,000. Got stabbed in the back by a good friend. It was amazing to see all the thoughts that came up for me as a pastor now. See, I would have been, you know, preordained. I would have been like, yeah, these are normal. I'm going to take them out to the desert. Call one of my patients. Used to be a seal. (laughs) I had all these thoughts. But now, here I am, God's like, can I trust you? Let it go. Don't sue him. Don't ruin his life. And showed me a picture clear as day at a Tuesday morning prayer meeting. That if I pursued down the thing of anger and bitterness, my heart would turn. God was saying, above all else, guard your heart. I'm sorry your friend stabbed you in the back. I'm sorry you lost the money. Don't worry about the money. I can, I can get it back to you. I know you trust me. I've done it for you and showed me all the times that I've been blessed. And he goes, don't attach it here, but I know you're more hurt. Trust me. I went home, said, babe, we gotta let it go. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sue this guy. I don't, I'm just saying in this case. It's amazing. Show me a picture that he would have been divorced. His daughter would have hated him. His wife would have hated him, and then I saw her, his daughter just being raised with lots of relationships broken because of one person that I went out and I beat him and got my money back, but I ruined relationships for three generations in his family line. He didn't know. I just had to forgive him. That was my pruning, one of my hardest prunings ever, and then let me tell you, because of it, God knows your heart. Bressy blew up. The reason we have this campus is because of what happened over Bressy. Yes, yes. We were getting the fire marshal called on us. We had parking issues. You think these parking issues were bad? Dear Lord, three services, chaos. We had to buy the kids' building across the way, build it, remodel it, tearing it down. We tore that place up. Now we have that other building. But I know it's because of what God was able to do in my life that he could trust me. When we think of vision builders... I know you're gonna kind of like, man, Pastor. Listen, he'll stand before the Lord one day. I've watched him for 18 years. He was stewards of well, but this is the bride. This is this is the bride of Christ. How are we gonna treat the bride? I even be careful what I say about any churches because of the fear of the Lord. But abiding in Christ also means we're gonna face pruning. Just like the gardener prunes the branches in order to make more fruit, God prunes us in order to make us more like Christ. Can we trust him? I'm gonna tell you something. Recently, I've been working harder than I've ever worked. I'm in my hours more than, more hours than I've ever been in my office. And it's because God told me a couple things. He said, hey, I need you to work this out. I'm like, all right, Lord, how do I do that? How do I do that? So I didn't do it in his timing. So he did it in his timing. Yeah. Now let me tell you, I'm working harder than I ever have. i seeing myself, all right, Lord, I'll repent. Now can you help me? Yeah. You know, it's like, send me a bone, Lord. I still got to preach. I still got to do this stuff. I should have listened. He said, in order to go where I need to go, you need to prune some things in your office. I didn't do it. So he pruned them for me at a very inconvenient time. And I've been passing out, you know, passing out straws to patients for like 20 years, tell them to suck it up. It's amazing how many patients have been handing them back to me. <laughs> Point number three, reap the harvest. Let me land this thing. Abiding in Christ leads to answered prayer and glorifies God. This is my revelation. Listen, Jesus concludes by saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Get your theology out of the way. Some of this is real hard because then we can't abdicate responsibility and still stay where we're at. Right. Come on. Come on. We can't just have just enough. How much money do you want to make? Christians tick me off the worst with this. <sighs> I was a business coach for years, but then you get in the Christian world. Like, how much do you want to make? Oh, just, I just want to be comfortable. But when I ask them, hey, your health, how ripped you want to be? No one says, I just want to be skinny enough to be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> how do you want your marriage to be? Just comfortable. Yeah. Wow. Your kids, how do you want to raise your kids? I just want to be comfortable. Yeah. Wow. You want to be a good dad, great dad? Just a comfortable dad. Wow. On, the only area that I see people say that in is money. Yeah. Wow. But let's just look at this. Ask whatever you wish and what we've done for you. When we abide in Christ and seek his will, he promises to answer our prayers. He goes on to say this. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Man, if we're no fruit broke, God's up there going, oh my gosh, I can't call that kid my disciple. I mean, it's harsh, but it's true. But when you're flourishing, when you're thriving, not just surviving, God's like, that's my boy. says, we're called to be the light of the world, not a dumpster fire. That's too far, probably. That's it. I didn't want to. That's for someone else at another church, not here. But I mean, by this, my father's glorified. He wants you to thrive and flourish because he gets glorified. God gets the honor. Every time I'm winning, I don't say, oh, yeah, I'm so smart. I'm the Forrest Gump of this stuff. But I just want to be obedient. The Bible is truth, and some of you are dropping the belt and your pants are falling down. It's true. The belt of truth, no truth in the world. That's way you won't be deceived. Don't let the devil whisper it's okay to be broke, that it's okay to be in so much debt we can't figure it out. Don't let the devil whisper that it's okay to play small. The devil's a liar. He wants you to play small so you can't participate in a harvest. I want to be the most radical church, that I don't even have to worry about parents that can't afford to send their kids to summer camp because you're flourishing. That his father is glorified because you saw that single mom and said, I'm writing the check for her kid. I want that kid in summer camp. I'm going to write that check because I'm going to glorify God. Hey, oh, thank you so much, Dr. But don't give me the glory. God's just blessing me so I can bless you. Don't worry about your son. Don't worry about your daughter. They need to be at that summer camp. I don't want them to go to public school, but I can't afford them to go to the academy. I know people that are thriving. Just give God the glory. Your kids are going to the academy. We want to pay for them. What does it take for us to flourish? What has got to get stirred on the inside of you? What can keep me from a less fruitful life? The answer is you. When we start believing the lies of other people... We say we're too ordinary, we're too busy, you're too discouraged, you're too inexperienced. I got scriptures for every one of those. If you need them, I'll give them to you. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, and conduct, and love, in spirit, and faith, in purity, till I come. Give attention to reading, exhortation to doctrine. Do not neglect Neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. I mean, we're praying for you. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that you progress and the all are evident to see. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. How do you win in the game of life? You got to know that abiding in Christ is the key to spiritual growth, is the key to fruitfulness, and it's, that's our offense, taking ground. You got to play offense. Defense is not letting our past define us and not letting the enemy or others plant weeds in our garden, the little whispers. We got to stay connected through prayer, being in the right environment. That's why we hold men's prayer meeting on Tuesday. Man, it's just to come get the reset, to get the filth of the world. God show me a picture. Every man that comes in is gonna be a warrior for my kingdom. When they come in, they need to rest. They need to take off the armor. But when they leave, they'll get new armor every Tuesday. That they'll be equipped. I want them coming in dirty. No one wants to have a soccer jersey that's completely clean at the end of the game. My uncle used to make so much fun of me. I'd come home after football. And he'd be like, that's the prettiest look. Does mom even have to wash that? I said, you're not very encouraging. He goes, yeah, I'm going to make you a man. At least go roll around the grass. He gave me good advice. It helped. Talk about tough love, man. Listen, grapes must be crushed to make wine. Diamonds. under pressure. Olives are pressed to release oil. Seeds grow in the darkness. So whenever you feel crushed under pressure, pressed or in darkness, get ready. You're about to transform. You got to believe it. Can you trust the process? Can you believe in leaders that want to speak life into you? It's amazing everyone says they're coachable until you give them their first word. Well, they got to change and then you see the feathers fly, ruffled feathers. I'm so coachable. You give them one piece of bite. <laughs> People, have, we, we don't have agenda. We just want to help. Yeah, right. It's a process. Yeah. We got to trust and abide in Christ. Yeah. We got to check the soil first. We got to make sure that we're allowing someone to prune us, to speak into us, to help develop us. That's what real discipleship is. Listen, I'll I'll end on this, but you got to look at Peter, man. He he, he denied Christ three times. But Jesus still came back after him. And then Peter flipped the world upside down for him. Doubting Thomas. I mean, he got such a bad rap. He was just questioning. But Jesus went and found him and said, man, stick stick your finger in there. What you don't understand, he went and just evangelized more than any other disciple, probably got more people saved. Because once he knew that he knew that he knew, man, he reaped a harvest. What are we going to do while we're here on earth still? It's not about making money. You have an assignment on your life. There is gold on the inside of every single one of us. God's not upset that I didn't listen to him. But I'm telling you what, I'm working harder than I ever had. And you know what he said to me? Are you ready to listen to me? I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. If I knew, I thought you were giving me a suggestion. No, he said, I'm trying to help you. I said, Lord, you sound like my wife. gave me a helpmate. My question is, am I going to take her help? Man, it's just such a journey we're all in. We can't let pride get up. We can't let our ego get in the way. We just got to start trusting one another that we have our best interests. Some will, some won't. Who cares who's next? Let it be a little speed bump. Run it over. Lift your truck. Put on some tens. Like, 10-inch lifts and just ride that thing over and don't even feel it. Make some adjustments. No matter where you're at, God's got a gift for you if we can trust him. If you guys can stand to your feet, I just want to pray for you. The question is, where are we at in our pruning season? Some of us, we got to get some toxic things out of our life. Some of us need to enjoy the pruning a little bit more. Just let people, because they want to see the fruit developed in your life. And some of you just got to have the revelation that God wants you to flourish and it's okay to flourish and you got to quit apologizing. You're going to do radical things. You know how you don't get greedy? Stay generous. Yeah. See the other side? Poverty's on one side. I'm not good with coaching people out of poverty. I get so frustrated. If you start getting greedy, I'm way better at putting you back in check because we got plenty of vision for that money, plenty of families, plenty of things, plenty of options. That's easy. feels good to be generous on the inside. We just got to help get unstuck with some six inches of stuff that's right here. But the most important thing I could tell you Just with every head bowed and every eye closed, please. We gotta abide in Christ. You gotta know that you're a part of something way bigger. You were created by a creator that knew we were in a fallen world with a cursed soil. And Jesus is the only way. He's the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to heaven. The only way to be attached to the vine. Way for the revelation is to know Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, and it's just a simple prayer saying, "Jesus, I want You in my heart," I'm going to give You an opportunity right now. Or maybe you once did, then you went down your own kind of stuff and got away from it. But you're like, "That's it. I want to. I want to put Jesus back in my heart. I want to abide back in Him. I don't want to be a a vine just hanging out in the vine field. I want to be attached to the vine maker." so you can produce fruit. If you don't like the fruit where you're at and you want to see more fruit, this is who I'm talking to. If that's you today, either you've never given your life to Jesus or you once did, but you want to rededicate, just lift your hand real quick. I'm not here to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. We're going to pray and make a division seal that deal. Thank you for those hands. I see your hand, man. I see those hands way up top. Who else? I see that hand right up here. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hand right here, sir. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. One, two, three, four, five, six. I see your hands. Seven, eight. Nine. Thank you, thank you. I just let this presence fall in this place. Jesus didn't die on the cross to start a religion. He did it to start a relationship with you. You don't need a pastor to get to heaven. You just need Jesus. You need some brothers, you need some sisters to work life out. We're all gonna go through stuff. Let's not pretend we're all like, we're working this stuff out together. Listen, we're gonna pray for those seven or eight hands that went up right now. Your hand doesn't get you into heaven. This prayer is what changes your heart. We're gonna say this prayer together. It's not a magic prayer. It's just an authentic prayer from your heart. It's asking Jesus, giving him permission because he's been knocking. Keep knocking. He will knock to your last breath. If you just need Jesus in your heart, we're going to invite him right now. You guys with me? Come on, let's say this prayer together, every one of us. Ready? Oh, wow, silence. Silence of the lambs. No. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. Today, I repent. Come into my heart. I give it to you. Fill me. Refresh me. Make me fruitful. I want to flourish. I thank you for all my blessings here on earth and that I will spend
0: eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow.